Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 116. Today's show is brought to you by Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical is a free street reach herbal medicine clinic. We do integrated health and we are in Eugene, Oregon. You can send us uh, donations because we are a 501c3 at occupy-medical.org. And Candace Hunter Creations. Candace Hunter Creations is all about herbal consultation, education, and coaching. Find Candace Hunter at candacehunter.com. And Hunter Creation, graphic design and website designers. If you need brochures or banners or websites, they can help you out. And Ace High Heat Graphics, available at aceheatgraphics.com. If you need custom printed t-shirts, hoodies, or sweats, give them a call. Sue, any social stuff that we need to know about? Any cool Facebooky stuff? Yes, coming up December 2nd and 3rd, there is the De- Decolonizing Natural Medicine Conference, which is in Eugene, Oregon. The first section of that is Saturday, and that will be at the Campbell Senior Center. And then the second section is down the road on uh, River Road, and that one is uh, with Heron Bra and... Um, uh, there's gosh, there's another section of it that they've just added. Sorry, but if you take a look at the Zania Z A N I Y A N Center website, then you'll see the information for that. And I will be speaking there. And again, it's the healthcare for all model and how to bring it to marginalized people is our theme. Candice, anything with um, Instagram or Facebook or anything? Well, folks should always be looking at Instagram because Instagram is awesome. It's awesome. And you just yes. had a cute little, another little video <laughs> with that doctor. Yes, with Dr. Gareth he and made, Dr. McDonald at Cascade Health Center. He made elderberry yeah. estuaries. Est- <laughs> estuaries. Yeah. I want to call it estuaries. It's totally different. Although totally that would be different. cool too. Although yeah. I suppose the bees do go toward estuaries sometimes to get yes. what they need, nectar for their honey. I'm sure. Yes. So, this tiny you know. little world that all is all connected. But yeah. Uh, What's your website that you have your elderberry electuary? That's at candacehunter.com. Okay. And you can definitely find some good links there, including a link to an amazing book on elderberry called Elder Boundary Keeper. That is a really good it's book. It's a really good yeah. book. I've, I've, I understand <laughs> that the, the, the authors are a little scattered, but they, they are, are good. Good authors. Well, they they may be scattered <laughs> as people, but their their writing is superb. Most surpasses the the ordinary. Yes, yes. and with kind that of in beady. mind, yes. that segues right into Black Friday Christmas Kindles. Yeah, Black Friday Christmas. What? So you'll What's want this? you'll want to definitely be loading your Christmas Kindles with herbal folios. Oh, from Practical Herbalist Press. That is a good idea, and I know that. The great thing is if you decide you're going to be shopping on Amazon, then you just stay, you use our link to get over there. And then instead of everything going to Amazon and wherever its tendrils are, then we get a, a portion of that no matter what you're buying. Right, yes, we are. Amazon. We are Amazon affiliates, which means that if you choose to go use one of the Amazon links from our mm-hmm. website, like one of our many book reviews, right. all those books have the links in them. Mm-hmm. So if you go to Amazon using one of those links, everything you fill your shopping cart with, 
we get a very small piece of the profit from Amazon for that. Yep. And it doesn't cost you anything more. That's right. And we do have reviews of not just books, but there are tools that we really like. Yes. Our favorite little mushroom knives and different things like that. Yes. Yes. So there's... And we will have a new set of book reviews or books anyway, books coming up because we're going to be doing the book show soon. Right. Carly Waits. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Very, very popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. On with the show. Beauty began with the plants. Although our current culture may not knowingly tap into the plant wisdom Cleopatra drew upon to create her legendary allure, the plants most certainly have not given up on us. They're calling us to learn, grow, and invite them to create beauty in our lives. Today we're talking with Christina Sanchez, cosmetologist, herbalist, and founder of Every Leaf Speaks about the call of the plants, the desert, and the beauty we can all aim to create for ourselves. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Welcome, Christina. Hello. I'm so happy we had a chance to get you on our show. Yeah. All Thank the, you for having me. All the way from the great state of California. And the desert. Yeah. The desert. Joshua Tree. <laughs> it's so hot right now, isn't it? No, actually, <laughs> we're, we're having, it's great weather. Nice. We're having great weather. Yeah. Yeah, we're having cold, damp weather, but what? that's what we get during this time of year. <laughs> Normally, yes. <laughs> yes. Definitely. So you've you've got quite a quite a journey you've been on. I mean, I think a lot yeah. of people are probably surprised when they hear of someone who does, works with hairdressing and all the things that you do and is also an herbalist. Yeah, one of the things that I've loved that I've seen you doing is working with desert herbs to bring that into your beauty practice. And you do all the wild crafting yourself. Yes, I, I do a lot of wild crafting. Um, I focus with what medicines in abundance to me nearby me in Joshua Tree or the Mojave Desert. But I actually am really just, I, this, just the deserts, period. I love the medicine that the different regions have. So I do, I'm not so narrowed in only in what's available here to me in the Mojave Desert, but I'm also curious of what's like in Utah and in Arizona and Mm -hmm. and Mexico. So there's a lot of that that's just out there for me to continue to explore and learn about the plants. Are you from the Mojave Desert originally? No, I'm not. Originally, I'm from, I was, um, I'm from El Monte in Los Angeles, but I was raised in the low desert, like in this little farming community called Oasis in the Coachella Valley. And I moved some years back to, uh, I moved to Orange County for work. And four years ago, I moved to Joshua Tree. Mm-hmm. So what is it that brought you out there? Well, I, it's weird. They say that there's this phrase called desert rats. And uh, I grew up in the desert pretty much. And if they say that you'll always come back to the desert, you know, I thought I wanted to be just in the city, but it's just, you know, it's a redundant lifestyle. It's, there's not, a, there's not enough nature. It's a concrete jungle. And I, I need nature. And I just felt like when I started coming out here, exploring with my friends, um, like maybe a year after coming here, visiting more often, I decided to move here. And I still, you know, commuted to my work and kept two places between Orange County and here. And, and I just decided to give it up and move here full time. I still commute to Orange County for my business, but um, I 
the nature is what really interested me. You know, I love to hike, I rock climb. And so that was one thing, but the plants is what really drew me here. Like creosote bush was probably one of the first introduction. It was in abundance here to me anyway, but it was something that I really wanted to learn about, you know, and it's something that was all around me and then learning about it. So really wanting to learn about the desert flora is, is, uh, what made me was one of the reasons why I wanted to move here and it's keeping me here. You know, I can endure the summers. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't complain about like hundred degree summers at all. I love it. So you, when you were in beauty school, did they teach you about any of these plants? No, in beauty school, um, basically when you're in beauty school, it's all about passing the state board. You don't Ah. learn anything. You learn how to work with chemicals, how to be safe and how to keep your clients safe and proper procedures. So there's nothing about working with plants that's involved with the beauty industry at all. Mm. What I'm seeing today, though, is things are changing. You know, consumers are becoming aware of what's going on and they don't want, you know, they want, they're actually demanding better ingredients and products. So it's, it's, it's changed a lot since I started. I've been hairdressing now for 11 years. So it's changed within that time. What kind of changes are you seeing? Is it, is it questions that people are asking or, or is it? Yeah. Or what? Oh, he- heck yeah. It's like so many. So I work with a product line that is a sustainable product line. Um, they're also, environmentally conscious they use plant derived ingredients that's why i decided i used to educate for that pro that this company but i still stuck with using them because it's quality ingredients and i have clients that come in and ask me questions you know they they want to know what's in i mean i have people that want to know everything that's in a product in mm-hmm. our color and so i'm noticing that there's a lot of information out there on the internet that is educating that people are self-educating themselves and they're doing a lot of research. So I've got people wanting to know what kind of ingredients are in my shampoos, styling products. Uh, they want to know what's in hair, uh, in the, in the hair color. And what I'm noticing a lot is like, there's a lot of vegans out there nowadays and a lot of products, um, for hair color will use milk derived ingredients, you know, to make that creamy consistency. So a lot of companies have now switched to being vegan. Nice. Because nice. it's what consumers are asking for. Sure. It's so it's, it's really, yeah, yeah it's, it's really good. And it's, it's, that's what I'm noticing, but I'm noticing a lot of uh, people asking questions about their issues or scalp issues, or when I'm doing hair, I will talk to them about what's going on. You know, it's, it's actually, when you come in and get your hair done with me, we're not going to like talk gossip. It's, it's really about, well, chat but well I'll also like talk to you about what's going on in your hair and things to help your scalp and what's going on with what your lengthens in so I really educate my clients about that sort of stuff mm, so it's more like a little class it is it is you know it, it is a class it's something that I've sold out of my drench and protect because I've been not pushing it but they know it's natural and they're drawn to it so they 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 want to use this product that I made called drench and protect and it has uh it's desert um, globe mallow and uh, creosote bush. Uh, and w- one is infused in coconut oil and the other one's infused with olive oil. And this is really great for the scalp because it helps address issues like psoriasis and um, dandruff, itchy scalp, dry hair, 
It also helps um, not only hydrating the hair, but it also helps protect the hair from the sun exposure, which I see a lot being in Southern California. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of sun exposure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the hair can get sunburned? Hair will, so hair doesn't get sunburned, but what happens is because the exposure to sun will shift the color. If it's cosmetic, if it's natural, we can see that with children. Like we have these beautiful little like blonde haired girls that clients want their hair color, but it's sun exposed, being the beach, being outdoors. Uh So there's ways to help that if you want to preserve your color, if you're even interested in it. Well, it's also, I know that isn't the sun can be like, cause your cause your hair to start getting more dry and more brittle if you get excessive yeah. amount of sun. Definitely. Yeah. I've seen split ends, breakage from clients because I'm looking at hair and I'm like, are yeah. you outdoors a lot? Are you flattering your hair? Are you blow drying every day? I, I start to, you know, wean out possibilities that possibly could be lending to why there's damage on the hair. A lot of it is like gals that are having, they're using hard water, you know, at home yeah. and they're in the ocean, they're outdoors, they're not, you know, they're not protecting the hair. So a lot of this does actually affect the hair and it makes it very dry, brittle, um, causes breakage, uh, frizzy flyaways. So it's, it's nice to analyze what's going on with the hair and also talking to people about, for instance, their diet is also a big thing as well that contributes to uh, the, the uh, current what's going on with their hair. So you're see, you would see in your area, I would expect a lot of dryness and dry related problems. Are there, is oh, there I anything see. like dietary wise that you strongly, that you often find yourself recommending to folks? I definitely recommend working with using, like I, it's so funny. I, I tell people like, well, I introduced, I, basically introduce them into like working with nourishing herbs every day, nice. like making infusions, you know? So that's one thing that I noticed because from me personally, when I started out, um, before I even started, like, before I went to school for herbalism, but I began working with nourishing herbal infusions, oat straw, linden. Um, there's just so many different ones. Nettles is like the one I love the most, but these herbs really helped me. And I noticed how my skin, people were asking me if I was getting Botox. You know, me, did yeah. I get a facial, you know, and, and there's all these things that I know my hair yeah. began to grow, my nails began to grow. So I noticed that these herbs were helping me, whereas working with biotin and, and different over the counter um, supplements weren't helping me. And I'm spending so much money. And it's like, well, you, you don't have to spend that much money. It's like, you could go to Mountain Rose Herbs. There's so many, like, there's so many places you could buy these herbs from that are organic and actually notice a difference. And so for me, it's uh, I, I definitely encourage folks to start working with nourishing herbs, but diet, it's like I notice a lot of people are not being hydrated. They're not drinking enough water and their their stress levels are high. So I'm noticing a lot of things like hair loss, dandruff, um, higher incidence of like eczema and psoriasis. So uh, through talking to my clients, I find out what's going on in their life and their diet. It's like their diet's gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talking yeah. to them about how they could change their diet is really it's it, it's 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 lifestyle and it's it's what yeah. we're putting in our body and it's what's going on our body it's what's really going to help change the condition of our hair our skin our scalp 
So uh, it definitely encouraged folks to start with nourishing herbs. I teach them how to make infusions. So, nice. you know, if you get yeah. your hair done with me, you're going to get like a little consultation. <laughs> Mini herb school. So how yeah, did how did you school. get started with herbalism? I mean, you didn't grow up as an herbalist or in an herbal family. So how did you get started? No. I, I did grow up in a family. My grandmother is, uh, she's passed on, but my abuelita, she worked with herbs. She worked with plants and she used to talk to her plants. And, nice. and I remember being a little child, um, getting sick and, and I have an asthma. I was born with asthma and I still can't shake it, but my family used to give me medicine that was plant medicine for, for asthma. Nice. My mother used to as well. So I grew up with that, but also growing up, I, you know, there's also Western medicine involved because I did have really acute asthma as a child. And so I had, I was on a lot of drugs as a kid. So wanting to heal my asthma was one thing. My mother being sick, uh, being diagnosed a little over a year ago, um, well over a year ago, actually, uh, with fibromyalgia, the, the, just noticing how today's healthcare system isn't consistent with trying to help patients yeah. and, 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 and help them heal was something that really made me want to help my mom out. And, and, and just moving to Joshua Tree is wanting to learn more about the plants, you know, and, and how they worked with that, uh, worked as medicine. And that is some of the main points that made me want to start herbalism. I began studying self-learning. Uh, I remember, you know, listening to your podcast and other podcasts as well, and just discovering different things. And then um, I was introduced to the wise woman tradition. And I was curious about that. And I found a school in Topanga, in Southern California, and it's a Gaia Institute. It's a it's a Gaia School of Education and, and Health Healing, and I wanted to learn more about that, how I could work with herbs. So that was like my first introduction, real introduction into herbalist herbalism was through this the Gaia School, and um, I'm continuing. I've I've explored more by taking herb walks with different folks, having different mentors in my life. You, Candice, have been such a <laughs> a big one for me. Oh, you know, I went to you a lot when my mom was sick. So it's, it's yeah. like, you know, it, it's like reaching out to people, you know, yeah. and, and, and I found that the community of herbalists are quite welcoming to answer questions, you know, so it's been great. And it's furthering my, my research. And I, I'm, you know, I just was accepted to join another school. Um, Julie James has a program in Long Beach, California. Uh, it's the Green Wisdom Herbal Studies, and I'll be joining that program. So this will be my second school that I'll start in January. Yeah, I'm really excited for you for that program. I think that's going to be the perfect next step. Oh, totally. Yeah. One of I'm the things excited. that that came up while I was at the American Herbalist Guild conference, we I was listening to a lecture from Guido Masse, and he talked about the definition of hormones. And I don't have the quote in front of me, so I'm going to do my best to remember how he said this. He said that when you boil it down, hormones are a chemical or the, the vehicle that moves information from one place to another to make things happen. That's like yeah. my super, super pared back version of what he was saying. So at the end of the lecture, he pointed out that as herbalists, we are the hormones in the greater system of Gaia or of you know the earth and, and mother earth and nature moving our culture and our people, humanity back to better understanding and connecting properly with nature using plants, hmm. which strikes me because that's exactly what you're doing in your practice. 
you're reaching out to various, you know, reaching out to all the different herbalists and, and sources, getting information, and then you're passing it on and teaching your clients in a way that's yeah. not like in their face, that they're coming to you because they want it, but you're actually there to, you know, cut hair, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> but, but you're, you're yeah, you're, but you're doing at the same time, you're doing this amazing healing service. It is. It's, def it's definitely, uh, I feel like my clientele, they say like attracts like, and I've noticed that with my clientele. Um, it's my clientele is this vast thing, different, you know, types of clients, but the root of them, they're all wanting to have a cleaner lifestyle and they want to use better ingredients and, and, and they're almost, they're like hippies. So I love them, you know? So you know, they, I feel like they find me through like Instagram and social media and they come in and, and it's, it's their, they like, they like what I'm offering because I'm not trying to push products, which is bad, you know, for, right. you know, sales, but, you know, I want to educate people because it's not about what's over the counter. It's, it's, it's deep, you know, deviling back to our roots and, and getting back to like what is natural and not going to harm us. So I'm, yeah, I'm definitely I'm, all about that. I'm definitely loving that. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about Desert Mellow because it's not something that I personally use, you know, or Globe Mellow. in Minnesota. Yeah, it's not from the north, mm -mm. <laughs> you know, and it's not actually in Eugene. No. So, no. Nope. So tell me a little bit about that because that's a desert herb so, that would be interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. So Desert so desert Globe Mellow is, is uh, this, it's a shrub actually. And it's an abundance to us here as well. And it's actually goes by apricot mallow as well, but it's really, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a really great for asthma. It's really great when you're going through like bronchitis, you've got an irritated cough. I like to work with that, like just picking the little leaves and it's great to pick after like a good rain. Spring okay. is like the best time to get it, you know, um, because the leaves are a little bit bigger, but anyway, it's a, it's really great. It's uh great herb to coat the lungs, the throat, uh, something that I work with, for instance, I have a friend who's a musician and he was really sick once with a cold strep throat. And I gave him some desert mallow and it was, it, it glow mallow and it really helped him. And, and it always like, I get so excited when I hear these, like it worked, it did this, but it, it, it helped. It, he was able to like perform that night, but it's really soothing to irritated, um, irritated bronchioles. And I use that because of asthma. And when I had bronchitis not too long on, over spring, it's some it's one of their plants that I worked with. So it definitely helps um, speed up the healing process when it comes to like the tissues, the bronchial tissues. Um, as a poultice, I like to work with it as a poultice because it'll help with any type of injuries, uh, sprains. I also find it to be drawing. That's something that I noticed. So it uh, draws if you have an abscess. Yeah. Is what it, so it you know, sounds like one of the things that it's doing is um, opening, opening and moving energy out. So it'd be like opening up your bronchioles when you're using and it, it yeah. for coughs. It's it's not like an expectorant. So I would work with something else because I I didn't notice when I was working with it by, alone by my, by itself. I didn't notice I was getting a lot of movement. So your okay. basantha was something that I I worked with uh, with Desert Globe Mala when I did have bronchitis to help move that like stagnant gunk that was in my lungs. Okay. So what the glow mallow is doing is just opening the tissues up 
but not necessarily moving phlegm or anything else out. No, it's not moving the phlegm out. No. But on the surface, it was drawing out toxins. So it was drawing out, but it definitely was not like moving. A, astringent, maybe. No, it, it it just wasn't drawing it out like I wanted it to. Sure. And actually, a friend of mine, I was so sick. A friend of mine said, "Well, pair it up with some OSHA as well, OSHA root," and it that seemed to kick it. I was stoked. I I didn't have to go to the to doctors that off my bronchitis. I, I, I cured it with plant. <laughs> <laughs> plants like, work. Yeah. This is what I've heard. Yes, yeah. plants <laughs> work really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Occupy Medical is a free street reach integrated health clinic that demonstrates by example that healthcare really is a human right. We're an all volunteer clinic of doctors, nurses, herbalists, and others working together to heal the community. What kind of donations are you guys looking for? We need vitamins, herbs, socks, toothbrushes, and of course, good old fashioned money. You can find a complete list of our needs and contact information at occupy-medical.org. Occupy Medical is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So you're using also as a, as a tincture or how are, how are you using it internally for people with lung issues? So for lung issues, I, I, I wildcraft all the globe mala myself, but I actually use work with it as in tea form. I haven't worked with it in a tincture as of yet. Um, yeah, I didn't make a tincture out of it. I made it more for teas, hmm. something that I, because I was sick when I was like experiencing this. Mm-hmm. So I harvested a bunch of it and because I have a bunch of my front yard and my backyard. So I harvested a bunch and made teas with it. And it's great for sore throats as well. Um, scratchy throats, ir- like I said, irritate coughs. So I've only known to work with it in, I didn't want to work with it in alcohol because when I'm sick like that, my throat hurts. I don't you want to take a tincture. Yeah. Right. I want like warm teas. Yeah. So I only know my experience has been with it working in a tea form. So is it a little bit demulcent then? So it, it like dampens tissues a little bit? It definitely is a demulcent. It does okay. dampen the tissues. You feel it. It's something that I felt immediately. Like I said, I worked with globe mallow first alone before I started other plants. And that's how I, I would like to work with plants is in simples. I don't really yeah. like to mix them because then I don't know what's working. So mm-hmm. it's like one plant at a time. And if it all works together, then, you know, I'll mix like in the next time, if I ever get bronchitis, I'll add glomalo with some yerba santa in there to help me, maybe some osha root. But uh, I primarily work with samples when I'm working with herbs. So tell me again, tell me a little bit about herba santa, because you sent me some of that. I know I used way too much because that was one potent cup of tea oh that one time gosh. when I used it. But tell me about oh, that many? one. <laughs> yeah. Little, little is is a lot for yerba santa. Um, so yerba santa is when I was getting over my bronchitis, um, nearing the end of it, I had a lot of asthma problems. I was having an asthma attack on a hike I was on here in the desert. And I walked into a field of yerba santa, picked a, picked a leaf and began to chew on it. And I immediately like, op- my bronchioles opened up. Mm-hmm. I didn't have my inhaler on me. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, I was, I was kind of panicking because when you can't breathe, a lot of is, is, is yeah, yeah, stress yeah. will cause an asthma attack. So the yerba santa opened up my lungs, opened up my bronchioles. I was able to breathe the, at the, the wheezing stopped, but this is a, like, you don't have to use much of yerba santa for it to work. This mm-hmm. is something that you can even do a facial steam to help open up the bronchioles if you can. <laughs> but if you're, if you're hiking in the backcountry, if you're just out there, 
and you're having complications breathing by chewing on the leaf. That's how potent this, this plant is. Sure. She's pretty strong. Yeah. Um, she's also an anti-inflammatory. It's really great to, if you're having any issues with arthritis, this is something that I like to work with. My mother, I have her working with uh, Yerba Santa as well. She's also an antibacterial uh, decongestant. So she does, if you, did you notice anything, Candice, when you made the tea? Did you notice like if you just opened up a little bit? Oh, I did. I did. And I used, I wasn't sure how much to use. So I gave it my best herbal guess and did about a tablespoon (gasps) for 12 ounces of water. Oh my word. And I had about, like, I maybe got down about two ounces of that. And then I watered it down considerably yeah. after that. No, I think I got down half of it. I, I think I drank about half of it. And it's then I was like, oh, that Christina, she's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a low-dose <laughs> botanical. It's very yeah. potent. You know, I, I had to, because I worked in the herbal field for a long time, and we had, would get bags and bags of it to turn into tincture. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Those those were those were some brutal days turning <laughs> all of that into tincture. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. It's I've, potent stuff. I've worked with her as a lung tonic because any, I'm always trying different plants out, you know? Yeah. Uh, Molin's, Molin and licorice are the two that I love the most uh, for strengthening my lungs. But I wanted to focus more on what's going on with me locally here, the plants that are available. So your basanta is something that I work with as a lung tonic when I'm feeling a little like congested in the in the lungs. I feel wheezy. I will start making, and I only pick maybe a couple leaves out of like maybe four, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. it's so strong. So less is more with this plant. Um, she definitely is an expectorant. She will loosen up. I found myself having more productive coughs working with your basanta. Um, well, I know, like being a I'm sorry. So good with the desert globe mallow that grow uh-huh. just when I, when I was down there, which it's been a little while, it would grow with chaparral and creosote. Are you, yeah. Are you using those together? Are you like, I'm just curious no. about how you're. So with creosote, when I'm working with a creosote bush, uh, creosote bush is very astringent. It's a very bitter taste. And there's mm-hmm. a herbalist here in Joshua tree. whose name is Doug. He, I, I went to go visit him in his lab and he was, I asked him like, how do you drink creosote bush? It's so strong. It's like, it, it's hard to swallow. And he said, if you add ginger or and licorice, mm-hmm. that it tastes a lot better. So I actually will make creosote. If I'm, if I'm feeling a little like with my asthma as well, creosote bushes is another alternative that I'll work with. There's other plants that I'll go to first for mm-hmm. my asthma issues. But um, when it comes to any type of lung stagnation, I will definitely add some ginger, maybe some licorice because licorice is warming and soothing. Mm-hmm. And I love that feeling on my, you know, when I'm drinking her, it's coating. So uh, I, I actually like it more with licorice than I do ginger. I do. And a little, you only need a little bit of creosote bush. You don't need a big bunch of it. Like you don't need an ounce of it. You, just a pinch of the plant is enough. And it's so strong. If you thought your basanta is strong, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. creosote, and I know <laughs> that one. I know enough to use just a tiny amount. Yeah, <laughs> the tiniest amount is, yeah. is, is enough. But um, I'm not working. I also notice that uh, globe mallow. I have a bunch in the backyard. There's a lot of datura that grows with it, and I've seen I've Ooh. seen that there's a lot of datura. Yeah, so I don't I don't I don't pick that. Nope, good <laughs> you know, idea. I don't pick. I, I I leave I leave those alone, but. Um, I, I bet I don't mix 
don't mix them. I, I haven't tried that yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I, that's I, a really I, low I dose botanical. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That one, that one's a, a little uh, honestly spooky to me. Yeah, I've known yeah. so many people that have had just the effect by they have it in their garden, and they're working with it in their garden. They're not even putting it in their mouth, and they mm-hmm. have to take a little space away. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're starting to go loopy. Yeah, that's one that you need to be careful with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. I have a lot of respect for Datura, and, and I don't. Um, I've seen it when I'm out foraging. I've seen a lot of desert globe mallow grows. Like it'll be growing within the Tura, you know, wow. coming out together. So I, I definitely I respect the plant, and I don't harvest anything that's growing here. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably smart. Wow. So what is your one more of your favorite desert herbs, especially for um, like beauty and for skincare and hair care? For being skincare, I mean. Because you use creosote for that, don't you? I, I use creosote bush because I, so this is, this is a personal thing that I noticed from working with the plants so much is that it's, you know, that the, the leaves are very resinous. So right. that mm-hmm. resin that's on there. And from doing a lot of research and reading, I've, I learned that that resin is there to help protect from the sun because it's a hundred. I mean, it, she grows mm-hmm. in the most. I don't know how creosote bush can thrive under the hottest summers, but the beating sun, there's no shade and she could still thrive. She could mm-hmm. still be, Long she won't be as roots. vibrant green, but the the resin that's on there, the resin that's on the leaves was an indicator that, okay, she's retaining her water. She's, you know, she's hydrating herself. She's kind of going in this, you know, she's kind of shutting down, but she's preserving. And so I started to use creosote bush i know she's astringent that's another thing that i was wondering about like would this be helpful to somebody that's experiencing dry skin but i actually noticed that she's moisturizing i I, like i use her on my hair use her on my skin i don't use it on my face but i definitely use it as a body moisturizer and i've noticed that i I, the dry skin that i have it's not as bad nice being being where we're at in joshua tree or in the high desert it's you know, I have to sleep with a humidifier sometimes. It's it's really dry up here. So I found that creosote bush is one of the things that I like to work with. Um, and I, I really, truly feel drinking a lot of water it, oh, is yeah. what's the big thing. You know, yeah, a lot of folks yeah. don't drink enough water. But um, when it comes to the beauty aspect of working with these herbs, I want to say that creosote bush would be one because I find that she is uh, hydrating. Uh, I don't feel like it's dry. She also helps my frizzy hair, my frizzy curly <laughs> hair. <you know? laughs> so I, I, I really, and, and just conditioning the hair and globe mallow is another one because globe mallow has a lot of that mucilage in there. So yeah. working with her, I feel like it's very hydrating as well. So I mixed the two together and I found that they together as an oil will work for hydrating the skin. I definitely use these for under my eyes because mm. my eyes get really dry and it's not as, it, it's not as bad. I don't feel like I've got these like dry wrinkles from, I, you know, I don't look like a rock. I look like a stone. <laughs> you know, I'm not blending in with the rocks here. So I did find that uh, blending the two together is what I did when I made the drench and protect. And I find it to be very hydrating. And not only that, it's just for the scalp, for the, the health of the scalp. It, it's really been helpful for folks that have had um, issues with uh, psoriasis and dandruff is something that I see a lot, especially like that. Now that we're moving into different seasons, I'm noticing a lot of dry scalp, which is, you know, I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of, um, 
dandruff on folks. And I, I found that the two, the desert globe mallow, because it is hydrating and the, the antifungal properties within the creosote bush have been really healthy. Plus it's hydrating. So it'd probably be really good for people with eczema as well. Yes, it's definitely like creosote bush is definitely great for eczema. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it's, it, it, it doesn't work overnight, you know, mm-hmm. but it will help, you know, alleviate the, the issues, but it does work if you keep consistently, if you keep working with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tend and to a, remind patients when they're, when they come back after a week and says, oh, I'm still broken. Well, how long did it take to, to get that way? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it takes a while to get to this state. <laughs> it's going to take a while to change. And truly with beauty, it's change for a lifetime. It's not change for a few months and then suddenly you're going to look like Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cleopatra no. did what she did every single day of her life. That's yeah. what she did. You I know? Ne- you know, I've never seen good pictures of her. Well, She's, you know. The, I don't know if the photography back then <laughs> was very good or... I do know she lived on the edge of a desert and she True. lived in very stressful position. She mm-hmm. had a lot of a lot of stress on her. Boy, did she ever. I can't believe she wouldn't have. So yeah. and yet she was, you know, able known to for, Yeah, she's known for, known for her smarts and known for her Yeah. It, charm, beauty, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was beguiling. Yes. Just yeah. like the plants. Yes. Just like the plants. One thing about creosote bush that is also that could be used in terms of beauty or, or health is people that have issues with like, but you know, smelly feet. Ah, if you actually, yeah. yeah. So creosote bush, if you actually crush up, the natives used to crush up uh, the dry uh, plant material and put it in, you know, where like put it in their feet. Like yeah, it makes dust sense. Their feet, to clean their feet. So, you know, and I, I learned from what the natives did and I try to incorporate it in modern times. So it's like, okay, you make a powder out of it and then you put it in your shoes or you use it for an arm deodorant. So there's many different ways of modifying what others did before us mm-hmm. to, yeah. mod, you know, to fix it to modern times. And right. another, another plant that I really love is brittle bush. And mm, um, brittle, yeah. I, I, tell me about that. It's a new one on me. So I mean, I know it. This, yeah, brittle bush is this beautiful uh, plant that's year round. But in spring, she grows these. You know, she has these golden, beautiful yellow flowers. But the actual the twigs and the leaves are actually really medicinal. And something that I remember reading a while back is that the cowboys back in the old days, they would use the twigs to brush their teeth with. You could grind the Mm. leaves, dry them out, grind them up and use it as tooth powder. So that's something that I've been wanting to, because I've been making tooth powders lately. And that's something that I want to incorporate with something. It it whitens the teeth, it kills bacteria. Um, I haven't explored too much with that, but that's, there's so many different things. I'm like, okay, well, if it could do this and maybe it'll like whiten teeth and clean, you know, clean our teeth. And so I'm, I'm still exploring, but, um, I, it's a beautiful plant. I like her because she is an anti-inflammatory. She's been used for arthritis and arthritic pain. And that's something that I've obviously been drawn to because of my mom. And I did work with that. But it, she also helps with rhinitis. That's something that else that I like. Hmm. One thing I tell folks that if you're working with um, this plant, if you drink, I, I did this once before I made a tea. She's actually... She doesn't have any caffeine, but it will also it'll like elicit caffeine like feeling. Oh, wake you so up. I, 
yeah, so I couldn't sleep and I didn't think about that. I remember reading like <laughs> after I had that, that I, it's like, it's non, it's, it doesn't have caffeine, but it's like caffeine like. Mm-hmm. So there's certain plants you can't work with, but she is uh, definitely astringent and she's also great for working with if you have any type of um, watery eyes, any allergies that are like watery eyes, runny mm-hmm. nose, she will help dry that out. And mm-hmm. if you drink warm, she's a diaphoretic. She'll help induce, so she'll break a fever. Are you using the leaf, the twig? I think the, when you're talking about the cowboys, they were just using the, the twig, right? They were using a twig, yeah. Yeah, I, not the I beautiful little I've, flower. <laughs> yeah, I love, I found, I'm allergic to the flower. Oh. It's in, yeah, yeah, I'm alert. I break out and I love the flower, but it's when I'm, when I'm wild crafting brittle bush, I have a reaction to it. So I have to wear a mask, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm gathering these plants because I, I want to use this for my mother. Mm-hmm. That's something that I'm, I'm, and then two, it's in one of my herbal blends that I made. So I definitely need to wear a mask to protect myself. Mm-hmm. I could use brittle bush. I, I apply her on my body. I have this oil that I made for myself um, because I, I, I like the smell, but I'm allergic to it. I don't know. <laughs> weird relationship I have. I love her, but she like, I don't know. You doesn't want me to work with her yet. <laughs> I, I don't know but, um, about that. I, I love bees and I'm allergic to bees. I love, yeah. I love plants that produce pollen and I get reactive to that. It's, I think if you're trying to figure out what lesson you can learn from that, the lesson would be show caution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I do. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. I, what? I, uh, work with her. It, I, the thing I really like though is the resin from brittle bush is mm-hmm. something that I like to work with. It's, I love the smell of the brittle bush resin. And I remember reading some time ago that if you combine the resin, I haven't done this yet, but if you combine the resin with the leaf in a tincture form, that it's pain relieving for arthritis. So this is something. This, yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's an anti-inflammatory. So this is something that I have. a. T- it's so like, if you've ever seen the little resins from a brittle bush, it's, it takes a long time to gather as much as you need to make a tincture. It's not like harvesting <laughs> Kenyan pine resin. So yeah. it's, I, I have this like this little baggie full of like brittle bush resin, but it's probably going to take forever to make it finally. <laughs> yeah. That does sound like that would be a longer medicinal process. Oh yeah. It's going to yeah. be a small batch for friends and family. <laughs> yeah. It'll be kind of fun. Well, it's been a real pleasure to have you here. And um, I'm afraid to say that our time is up for now, but we're hoping to have you back for yet another interview. um, Can you tell our listeners, because I'm sure they're very curious how to get a hold of you? Yeah, you can get a hold of me through everyleafspeaks.com. Um, I'm on Instagram. There's links on my website. I just started the website. It's going to be building soon. Um, but anyway, Everleaf Speaks, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, which I'm bad at. <laughs> I'm bad at Twittering. <laughs> but, and if you're ever in the high desert, you know, my, you know, I do consultations. So my phone number is up there present. Like, uh, it's like, you know, take clients. And if anybody has questions, you could definitely reach out through like social media my email is also on there as well lovely well thank you so very much thank Thank you you for having me the statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the united states food and drug administration fda they're not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent disease all information provided on this podcast 
or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication. Or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem, any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.